The pandemic has meant that people are spending more time indoors, and this is affecting the way street performers make a living. In this episode, producer Anika Foreman helps us understand how street performers are dealing with these changes and what the future of this industry might look like. My name is FOM Fojo, and this is Unraveled. performing outside of Christie Station. It's a mild, overcast day. The time is noonish. Two of my friends are there listening to me and providing moral support. One is also helping me record myself. Others are waiting for the bus, entering the subway station, or walking by. When I street perform, I have some fear and uncertainty when it comes to my playing. Will people want to listen? Do I sound okay? Can people hear me? Will people give me money? Will anything bad happen? I definitely have a lot of uncertainty in my mind. I hope people like how I sound and don't pass by because they think I'm annoying. When I street perform, I'm really putting myself out there. Every time, I'm getting an opportunity to practice being more confident about my music, my sound, and my performance a little more but I still feel nervous every time I start out. I like street performing because it gives me the ability to sing, which I find cathartic and love to do. It also provides me the opportunity to leave the house and work in a different environment. In this way, it feels very similar to the commute patterns of the before times of leaving the house for the day. I remember a construction worker once told me that I was making his day better by playing. These kinds of comments help me feel like I'm helping others by doing what I'm doing, which is a nice feeling. In this episode, you'll find out how street performers are learning how to navigate the pandemic and work through challenges, pivot, as well as what they find rewarding. We also offer what the future of street performance might look like. Street performing certainly has its challenges. In addition to having to perform in front of other people, which I find scary on its own, there are additional concerns. These include being robbed or during COVID-19, people not keeping six feet from you. I spoke with Shelley Switzer, artistic producer at the Edmonton International Street Performers Festival, EISPF. In the first 48 hours of the 13th, 14th and 15th, people were losing massive work for the next six months. Things were gone in 2020. She said the festival pivoted during COVID 
It ran workshops and a masked parade. You would see people peeping out their windows when we came down the street with at least a 10-piece brass band, so people knew we were coming. And you'd see them peep out their windows and go, oh my God, anti-maskers are coming down the street. And then the curtain would reveal a little bit more and they'd go, no, those are funny, fun people who are all masked. Because, again, as we paraded, unless you were playing an instrument, you were masked. And then they were running out of their homes and just weeping with joy to have had a connection and had a moment of silly and just beautiful, just incredible fun. The EISPF ran a program called Street Fest to You, which is where artists perform at a celebration, private party, or corporate gig. For performers who usually passed around a hat as part of their performance and could no longer because of the pandemic, the festival paid them a fuller fee for their work. They also created a play at home zone continuing this year, which included a how to build a fairy finding tour, how to hula hoop, how to juggle, a really fun warm up video and magic workshop. People were finding a lot of ways to adapt their shows online quickly. Switzer, however, said in the early days she was a bit put off by the backgrounds of some of the performers who were filming in their messy bedroom or kitchen. They did, however, she said, work quickly to create a solid online look. Peter Jarvis is an entertainer and performance artist since 1979. One of the characters he performs as is Silver Elvis, as in Elvis Presley. As this character, he stands frozen in a statue state and only moves to Elvis Presley songs, of course, when given money. He was a fixture at the Eaton Center Queen Street entrance for 12 years until he moved due to construction. He told me what challenges he faces street performing. He said he has to negotiate with other entities who can be quite aggressive, such as hot dog vendors, rickshaw drivers, and scalpers. Now, during COVID, he has significantly reduced his street performing. Busking hasn't really been viable. Right for me out of fear and science. It's just one more reason not to feel safe on the street. There's a lot of danger performing on the street. So I just didn't need one more thing to stack on top of what I was already had to boost myself up and prepare for every day. It's, you know, I have to psych myself up to go out because you are meeting addicted individuals that steal from you. I've been beaten up on the street. I've been stolen from, I've been yelled at, I've had harassment. But when you figure, okay, if I've been out on the street, if there's a ratio, I would say, for the most part, humanity is good. It's when addiction gets in the, in the way and mental illness. I know what he meant. I too had been robbed. When performing at Bathurst and Bloor, one male seemed to be around high school age approached my guitar case and sort of sweep some money from the bag. Minutes later, a few other of his friends also ran past the case, swept their arms through the money in the case, lifted it out, and ran away. I called after them, but they were gone. Moments later, someone who had watched them get away said they had gone into the subway and that I could call the TTC enforcement officer. But I instead took my losses, a tad disappointed at myself over that I hadn't done more. I likely lost around $50. Papa Rubin is a street and stage performer, guitarist, singer, and songwriter from Toronto. He has been making music his whole life. He is also in the cover band, The Entertainment, that can perform at any venue 
any time for any audience. Pre-COVID, he had to deal mostly with the fact not many people gave money. I asked him what has been challenging for him during COVID. That was the hardest part is, you know, finding space on the street where I wasn't blocking traffic, but I still had my space there in traffic, so to speak. So, like, I remember one time, this was in the spring of 2020, early in the pandemic, and I went to Runnymede and Bloor, and it's a great corner and it's busy, but I would have forced a bottleneck. I would have forced people to move together, which at that time was very, you know, we were all trying to social distance. We were trying our hardest to keep our distance. And so one of the hard parts is finding a space where I can be both close to people and not within their bubble, so to speak. Practiced all night. You were just listening to Free as a Bird, written and performed by Papa Rubin. Holly Clausius is a singer and guitar, piano, and ukulele player. She was born and raised in Exeter, Ontario, and has been writing and making music for over five years. She is currently working and living in Toronto as a full-time musician and music teacher. Her music has been described by the Toronto Guardian as acoustic melodies filled with raspy, haunting vocals and lyrics bathed in pure honesty. She had her single, Set Me Free, air on CBC radio stations across Canada. How you holding up? I hope you're doing fine. Last time I saw you, still burns the back of my mind. To believe just how time flies It's hard to find a purpose When you're not there in my life You were just listening to Set Me Free by Holly Clausius. Kirsten Harvey, aka Isabella Hoops, sometimes known as Kiki, is an actor, singer, and dancer. She began her circus career about 15 years ago. Hoops has performed in a wide range of venues, including cabaret, festivals, on the street, in schools, and children's birthday parties. She is also the owner of Circus Troupe North Fire Circus. 
she performs with them at the Ottawa and Toronto Busker Fests. Because nothing was happening in summer 2020, all of a sudden now we were like forced to come up with something or come up with some ideas because we, you know, we desperately wanted to create, but we're having a hard time finding a stage. Despite the challenges, I find busking is very rewarding, and so does Clausius. When you're busking, nobody has to listen. Like, they could be just, like, walking by. But when they actually take that moment to stop in their day and, like, listen to a song or two or give a dollar, like, it just means so much more, I find. All the street performers I spoke with continued throughout the pandemic. Elvis started booking gigs on August 18th. Clausius and Ruben were able to perform on the street while bars and restaurants were closed. When he wasn't performing, Elvis was learning how to use apps to make photos look like paintings for his friends, often of their pets. He can make them look like a Monet, Van Gogh, oil painting, and watercolor, among others. To monetize his art, he began charging people for his editing services. Hoops was creative with how she continued performing throughout the pandemic. One of the sort of things we got around with in the summer of 2020 was near end of July. When patios started opening again, we were able to busk if we were invited to perform on a private patio. And so that was sort of one of the ways we were able to kind of run shows. However, I mean, it was a different style of busking because we sort of teamed up with musicians and ended up doing sort of more choreographed dance kind of shows compared to just like my actual busking show. As we can see, all the street performers I spoke with pivoted. Being on the street is every day is an adjustment. So you're always pivoting to the circumstances. So I'm kind of used to pivoting all the time. I always felt it to be a privilege to be able to perform on the street. And I never took it for granted because when it rains, you have to get off the street. And I don't like that. Do I swear at the rain and do I say, how dare you? You know, oh, you made me sick because you got me wet. Do I, you know, do I feel sorry for myself? No, you pivot. I can sympathize with Elvis on how annoying it is to have to get off the sidewalk whenever it starts to rain or just brave it and then get really wet. Despite the challenges, the pandemic also provided opportunities for street performers. Hoop said the basis of the show Chaos to Calm, she and other performers created stem from the situation COVID-19 placed herself and other street performers in. Clausius said she found people were their most giving during the pandemic and appreciated the music the most. She also said busking gave her an income source due to bars and restaurants where she would usually perform being closed. Ruben found the pandemic opened up doors for him, whereby using streaming, he suddenly was able to greatly expand his audience. Well, the benefit of busking during the pandemic was it was two benefits. Like one, first of all, of course, as a monetary thing, as a job, you know, to go out and busk on the streets. And I literally did six to ten hours daily, you know, four to five days a week, all through pandemic. Like, I'm pretty sure I played 80 hours a month, you know, performing and trying to make money. Secondly, being able to sing, being able to perform. And so, you know, I know a lot of friends, we all went down different routes. Like some people went into the studio, some people didn't play at all and just sat in front of the TV. Some people just practiced and practiced. I'm a natural live performer. And so if I hadn't been able to go out and play and smile for pretty people and, 
you know, get little kids to dance along. I would have gone crazy. <laughs> crazier. I would have gone crazier. All the street performers I spoke with have been impacted financially due to COVID-19. For Clausius, who said the pandemic has taken away a lot of opportunities for everyone. A lot of venues stopped doing shows and I mean we're kind of starting to get back to it but I lost a lot of income from it and I had to be creative. Busking on the street was the only safe thing to really do so that's what I did and that's how it's kind of been hard on me. As for Ruben, he had to make street performing his living during the pandemic to make ends meet. The government CRB and I was on EI was super helpful like thank god for our socialist paradise of Canada but uh by doing 80 hours a month, I was making almost 25 bucks an hour. I sort of average as a busker. So, you know, do 25 bucks an hour for playing music. That's not bad. You know, it's not what we get paid to do studio work, to play at a theater or to do, you know, events. But to make 25 bucks, just playing music on the street is a blessing. Busking was super important. I wouldn't have been able to feed my kids or pay my rent if I hadn't been able to play guitar on the street. Hoops has found making money and collecting revenue challenging over the last two years. But things are definitely changing and things are slowly starting to get back to normal, which is great. But yeah, prior to the pandemic, we were all, you know, making a a full-time living off of busking and, and doing shows and events and festivals. It's coming back now. Yeah, like definitely, you know, this summer kind of set precedence for all of it. Like, you know, we got a grant this year from Canada Council, which was huge. And that grant sort of came out of the busking that we had done in the summer of 2020. That was the show Chaos to Calm that we created. And so because of that grant, and since we were allowed to tour, you know, this summer, we started making a living again, which was great. And, and things have really come back right now. Like all the fall festivals are coming through. Looks like Christmas is going to be in full swing. So it's not full on like it was back in 2019, but it's getting there, which is really exciting. Elvis was also on CRB, but was taken off and for the past seven months has been having to find and borrow money to survive. He has received loaned money from the government, but because it's a loan, he has to pay it back. I'm still in the hole. So I had to pivot to train myself during that period and make drums and it's not enough to survive on. Business changed August 18th for me and I started getting booked at gigs. Since August there's been hope for me. Almost all the street performers I talked to turned to the internet during the pandemic to continue busking. Elvis used the web to do work as a digital artist. Ruben live streamed on Facebook Live hitting a 69 day streak and put out recorded videos on the days he couldn't perform. Clausius did a few online shows where people could tip or donate, but she mostly live-streamed on Instagram. Hoops did online shows, though it was a bit of an adjustment. You know, in the beginning, it was, I think we were just a little awkward because we didn't know what we were doing. It was just such a different form from what we were used to, you know, just having physical people there that are smiling and laughing and clapping, and all of a sudden being in front of a camera, you know, having a monitor screen of ourselves, being like, is there anybody out there? At first, it felt like for hoops, there was no audience participation. Later, they set up the monitors so they were able to see the news feed coming in and could see messages coming in from the audience. After a 30 or 40 minute set, Dr. Jaw, a fellow performer, Jeff, their drummer, and her would sit together and watch the comments come in after the fact. Talking to these street performers is very inspiring. 
I wasn't pivoting nearly to the same extent they were. The only COVID-related precaution I take when I go out, and still to this day, is to draw a chalk square around me to ensure I remain six feet from others. Having never busked online, I couldn't relate much to the great pivots all the street performers were making. It did get me curious, however, moving forward post-COVID, whether online performances would become more popular and whether there would be a decline in in in-person shows. Clausius reassured me in-person wouldn't be going anywhere. It's funny because we had all of these live streaming things before, but we didn't really use them until the pandemic, I found, and I didn't necessarily feel that connection you get when you're in a room with, like, an audience. And you'd be talking to yourself, too, it kind of feels like. like They might comment on the video, but it's just not the same kind of energy in the same space. No matter, like, how much online, like, streaming and stuff we have, I think nothing will ever beat out that live music. I think it's something that, as humans, we just, we love and we need. Hoops, who has now had experience with both in-person and online mediums, thinks in-person shows have a lot of merit very important I just think for human psyche (laughs) we all went a little crazy just being inside and being by ourselves or just you know being with your partner or being with your partner and your kid it wasn't easy on everyone so I think the more we can do shows outside do performances in safe manners like it's really really good for everyone. Ruben is a firm believer in the je ne sais quoi of an in-person experience. That if we can't dance together and hug and be together and laugh and lift our drinks together, then what's the point of surviving by yourself? No AI yet is going to do music. Like, that's the human specialty. And so the creativity is that live aspect, is that, you know, you can listen to the albums or you can watch me on the video, but to be in the same room and feel the energy and then you dance a little and then someone takes a picture and the flash goes off, those elements are... What make the music great? What make life great? Elvis stresses the importance of street performance as something best experienced live. He thinks although it is possible to put on a good show online, if it has high production value, it ends up being more of a movie than a busking show. For busking, it's about creating an atmosphere. Where's the sun? Where's your audience perspective is going to be? Where do you put your speaker? You know, there are totally different variables that you have to deal with. And you're outside, which makes it more spontaneous. Where online, it's a destination. It's outside, it's spontaneous, it's in the moment, it's unexpected. You're standing next to people you don't know. You're laughing with people you don't know. You're paying with people you don't know, you know what I mean? It's like going to the movies, you know? You can sit on your couch and watch a movie online or you can go to the movie theater and it's a totally different experience because you're watching with a bunch of people busking is kind of like that but even more so because you're not on a screen the dimensional experience is much greater in a live performance that a video can never capture it can try to simulate but it can never capture It seems the future of busking is providing the public cashless options to make tips or donations, and QR codes are serving as a popular way to do this. QR codes were also used in online performances to send money to the artist. There was quite a few busker fests around the world that in the summer of 2020 did 
virtual busker fest and, and that's kind of how everybody did it was by using these qr codes and this was all started by friends in the uk called bus.co so it really was a great idea that they came up with and something that i think it'll just keep on being used when i asked switzer about qr codes a few years ago when the qr codes actually were becoming a thing we designed a qr code for each artist but nobody used it and my graphic designer really hated them it seems this is therefore something that has just recently taken off hoops also had the qr code on the screen so when they performed online people could pay them that way ruben brought up the idea of a street performer live streaming while performing live to attract a larger audience if i'm performing anywhere i'm performing i can just put my phone on me and then transfer it to the internet so you could be with me to be able to enjoy the music wherever you are so come to the show and if you can't come to the show then watch it at home overall my experience street performing has been quite positive i don't regret the decision to try it at all i think anyone who wants to strengthen their performance skills should try it as it really provides you the opportunity to be vulnerable and showcase yourself in a unique way I will likely play on the street in the future here and there, although whether I play as much as I did in the summer of 2020 is to be determined. I asked Elvis what street performers can expect in the future. There will be a surge in appreciation. The tips will be bigger for artists also because people are grateful to have that rich experience and they'll feel the difference because they've been sitting for two years staring at their phones and iPads and televisions. And they'll feel the richness and they'll be grateful and they'll appreciate the artist more. It'll raise the bar until we get complacent after seeing two or three years of it, and then people just take it for granted again like they used to. Ruben sees a hybrid of both live and online performances. Switzer said it will take a while before we see the same number of street performers out on the street, like pre-pandemic. After the artists, like they were facing some real instant we knew they were going to be the first ones to go and the very, 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 very last ones to come back. Hopefully there will be an increase in the number of street performers who will be out there performing again in the not-so-distant future to fill our streets with music and joy. Thank you to the street performers who participated in making this podcast. I will leave you with Set Me Free by Holly Clausius.
episode of Unraveled was produced by Anika Foreman. Our associate producer is Taha Hashmani, and our executive producer is Elena Duluigi. Special thanks to John Powers for composing our theme music, and Ben Shelley for creating our podcast artwork. Our professor is Amanda Capito, and special thanks to Lindsay Hanna and Angela Glover.